0: You're listening to Very Loose Women. Good evening, listeners. You are tuned in to Very Loose Women live on Resonance 104.4 FM. Or maybe you're listening on the podcast. I am Nikki and I'm very happy to be joined today by Anna. Hi. And Leo. Hello. Cool. So we're going to be talking about gardening and food growing today. But first, let's hear some celebrations and frustrations my my celebration is a
1: massive brag it's like a very significant one um so my band i'm brunette um we opened for this very significant band with a huge following called martha two weeks ago and it it was like one of the best experiences of my life it was so crazy There were like it was at the garage up in Highbury, islington and there were just so many people I was like what are we doing we pinned a man for nine months (laughs) it was so incredible so that's definitely my celebration I got so anxious before though I had like a proper diva meltdown because I like put face paint on my face and I was like I can't cope with the face paint took it all off again um, but there was no soap, so I used like my trousers and <laughs> some oh <poster>. my <laughs> It's just like, like I was showing my anxiety in the weirdest possible way. But yeah, yeah it was... I've
0: never heard anxiety coming out through <laughs> trousers. wiping your
2: face with trousers. But,
1: um, but it that's was okay. fine. It
2: was okay in the end. Yeah. Congratulations. Oh, good for you! Yeah, Thank nice you. one, Anna. How about you? Um, so I'm making this podcast about um, immigration from the Commonwealth, and this week I finally released the episode about a New Zealander. It is where I'm from, and I'm very proud of the episode. Nice. So that's, yeah. Cool. It's called British Subjects, by the way. Plug yeah. Like, plug. plug Plug it. Oh, nice. British Subjects. We're, we're using all our celebrations and <laughs> frustrations for plugging. Yeah.
0: yeah. I feel like I'm really trying to think of like something that I can brag about now, but I can't think of anything. So I'm going to do a celebration that leads us nicely into the theme, which is that all of my seeds have suddenly popped up. And I was getting really worried because I planted my seeds before the cold spell. You know there was the hot yeah. and then there was the cold and then there was the hot. And I planted my seeds in the hot and then it got cold and they just weren't weren't coming up. And now they're all like so happy, so.
2: Ah, oh, they've come great. to say hi. They've come to
0: say hi. Yeah, they're loving the weather. They're loving the bit of rain today. So, that's a celebration, definitely. So, that leads us nicely onto our topic for today, which is gardening and food growing. And um, yeah, gardening and food growing something I've got really into in the past um, few years, I guess. And I've been experimenting and I was really bad at it at first and I've been getting better. And now I have, um, I've actually just moved to a place where there's like, I can get out my window onto the roof. It's not like a roof garden as such, it's just a roof, but I've put lots of pots there and I'm trying to grow some food and stuff. And I'm also doing a food growing course, which I'll talk about a bit more later. But I wanted to ask um, Anna and Leo about your gardening and growing experience. Anna, I really think you should go first. Yeah, (laughs) so
2: I don't have a garden, but I have like this concrete space outside my flat and I've got a bunch of pots um, and I have lived in places with gardens and I've always like encouraged flatmates to we're like, we should learn how to garden together. We've never gotten very good at it, but I feel like on my own, I've finally got the hold of it. Um, so I have pots full of vegetables. And I have just um, so the most impractical thing when you're renting in London, but I have a fruit tree, which <laughs> is a feijoa tree, which is like um, a fruit from New Zealand and kind of everyone in New Zealand has a feijoa tree in their garden. Um, so I decided I wanted one in London. So <laughs> I have this potted fruit tree that um, I just transport with me when I move flats. Um, but wow. it brings me so much joy. So it's worth it. That's amazing. And do you get fruit from it? No, I need to get another one so they can cross pollinate. But I'm going to wait until I can actually give it. So it for its roots. Male and fem- female trees. I think all trees are um, intersect intersex, so they like can breed with each other. But you have to bees have to carry the pollen from mm. one tree to another, so they can't pollinate themselves. I may have made that up. For pollen. <laughs> I think that's I think that's how fruit trees work. I believe you 100%.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Leo, how um,
2: about you?
1: I was so when I moved into my place I was given a uh, a tomato stick. I don't know what the word is for that and it died pretty quick. Um but when I moved in so the, the person who, just <laughs> called a tomato plant, just going to put it out there. <laughs> um but the the garden the the, the previous person who lived there who died uh that's why i I was going to say moved out but that's why she no longer lives there um But she, she like, planted with the help of my neighbor who still lives there, this beautiful garden that I have done nothing to maintain. And it's just, I just reap the benefits of her and my neighbor having done this this just incredible work with, like, a bunch of plants that I don't know what they are. Just at the moment it's, like, full of bluebells and snowdrops and all of these really incredible plants. And, yeah, it just comes despite me being there. And my, like, I feel like fingers of death. You know how, like, people have green fingers. I have, like, the opposite. And my partner, Ellie, is really into having pot plants around the house. But in terms of me growing stuff, I would say, no, I I can't. I'm not capable. Yeah.
2: Or maybe you'll learn tonight. Yeah. yeah but
1: while listening to you, Nikki, like, I was thinking it's something like drumming or, you know, learning mandarin it's like something you need to learn to do you can't you're not just going to immediately be good at it yeah Yeah. no
0: you definitely have to learn how to do it like i definitely killed a lot of things at first and there's some things that are easy to grow and some things that are more difficult and you definitely do learn but i think it's also cool to like like with your garden to see how spaces get when you just leave them to grow wild Mm -hmm. and things like bluebells and snowdrops they do tend to just but there's so many wildflowers that just thrive on spaces that aren't like heavily gardened and i think those kind of spaces are really cool as well really magical yeah magical yeah awesome and i was wondering um about for you anna is gardening something that you did when you were a child because for me like my mom my mom is actually she's more into gardening now um but she did garden a little bit and stuff when I was younger but I didn't really garden when I was younger it's definitely something that I've got into in the past few years um and didn't really learn about at school but how about you
2: yeah so gardening was definitely part of the curriculum in New Zealand and both my parents were very keen gardeners um and given that I am born in May, they were like, I've got this little Taurus baby, you're going to grow up to be this, like, magic green fingers. And I, as a kid, was like, there's no way I'm ever going to be into having my hands dirty, gardening's gross, I will never do that. <laughs> um, but I have, of course, become my most Taurian self. Um, and I think, it's not, I don't think I've learned specific tips from my parents about gardening but we didn't have a lot of money growing up so like knowing that there was always food in the garden was like mm. how the family was fed and I think that has like carried on in terms of I I know that I need to learn how to garden because then I can always feed myself yeah. <laughs> and the people around me it's much more practical
0: mm, it's such an thing. important skill which is why it like upsets me so much that we're not taught it at all at school in the UK. When I lived in Japan for like three years and um, I was working in a school and they do gardening all the time. Like the kids have an allotment, even like the five-year-olds, they know how to grow tomatoes and it's their very much more in touch with like that was very pointed at me yeah leo i mean tomatoes
2: tomatoes grow grow without any input like (laughs) i lived in a flat with the there were tomatoes just growing out of the compost (laughs) (laughs) okay
1: yeah understood (laughs) five-year-olds in japan
2: (laughs) not to shame you live on air no
0: but leo don't blame it on yourself it's because you weren't taught at school or were you well no i
1: wasn't i i've heard about schools where it's like And I didn't know this about New Zealand, um, but in France, there are like certain schools that have a focus on gardening. We definitely didn't have allotments or anything like that that I know of. Um, But my mum has always been like really into gardening, like learning fancy names for plants. And um, I grew up until I was six. We lived in this ridiculous house, which had like acres of land. And there was like a dell where there was every single type of plant uh, because like in hindsight because my mother had planted them but um, <laughs> but I would go down there it was just this like magical mystery land and I always imagined that I would grow up to be an adventurer and spend time in places like this which were actually heavily curated um, but it was yeah so it's always been like there but because I wasn't doing it with her or I wasn't close to her mm-hmm. like. Um, and she then went on uh, like later on to to like form a landscaping company it's always been like a really big deal for her and even now she's got this like garden where she lives in Burgundy and just i think last december she was climbing like a ladder and with like holding lots of water and then just fell down broke her arm she was like as if anything happens to her while gardening she just doesn't seem to care because it's like it's like so important to her and i've never really got it i mm. think and it's like yeah i've never never been trained in any of that but yeah. i think she'd probably appreciate it if i did get into it
0: mm. i think that leads on quite nicely to the next question which is about what For those of you who have gardened, Anna, (laughs) Um, but no, leading on from what you said about your mum, what kind of effect do you think it's had on your well-being?
2: I I definitely think, um, I mean, flowers are obviously beautiful and my neighbours and I kind of share flowers that have grown and it's aesthetically pleasing. But I think there is so much joy that you can get out of eating something that you have grown from a seed and that you've kind of cultivated and you've made this thing out of nothing and sure it's not just you it's the sun and the (laughs) rain everything around you but there's like this incredible joy out of eating something that you know that you've helped create yeah there is something that
1: concerns me in London though like I have eaten London fruits but one my soil like the soil outside my house I know that cats poop are in it all the time because I've seen them do it um, but two, like, I'm concerned of pollution and, like, I'm always concerned about lead. But, like, of all these things that could get in the food that I'm eating. Um, They're getting in it
2: anyway. Yeah. I really? Mean, I think you that's, you Most that's of the food that happening. you eat is, like, <laughs> being covered in chemicals. Yeah, yeah. So, But at least if you're growing it yourself, you know that you're not spraying it with mm, chemicals like yeah. The yeah. food producers would be. Yeah.
0: But I definitely agree that it is a massive, like, sense of achievement watching something go from, like, just being a seed to being food. And I think it also is probably good for your... Well, good can be good for people's mental health by feeling like you have more control over just kind of your own... What you're putting in your body. Yeah, exactly, what you're putting in your body and security as well. But I've definitely, like being from being involved in lots of community garden projects and stuff like I've spoken to people where getting into gardening has really like reinvigorated them so much from to the point that they've gone from really not knowing what they want to do with their life at all like maybe suffering from really bad mental health problems to finding solace and also like something that they want to do in gardening and food growing especially and I think yeah it's been there's been a lot of research i know mind did a big study and um, but there have also been some others about like ecotherapy and about how food growing but also just being connected to nature and being outside and being more in touch with the seasons has like an amazing effect on your mental health and obviously it's not going to work for everybody but i think it is something that we need to kind of think about a bit more like how it's not good for us to be completely out of touch with the seasons and and the things that actually completely sustain us as humans.
1: We um, we met a few episodes ago. There's on acast forward slash fairly, dot com forward slash You can find um, an <laughs> nice. episode about yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it, it was it's called Living Flat, and we interviewed um, Juliet who had a double mastectomy, and while um, she was fighting. Uh, I don't like. She doesn't like the term fighting, but while she, while she had breast cancer and her body was fighting it, um, she got given lots of seeds, and she told us about this. And she'd never really been into gardening before. And through the whole process, uh, she just got more and more into garden gardening, and it really the sound sounded when she described it to us that it was supporting her through the process of like the hospital appointments and um, all of these decisions she had to make about her body and you know all of these things that she spoke to us about. And she was just watching the, her back garden like go up in bloom yeah. and it it sounded really cathartic and it, it really made me understand i think yeah. like part of the sort of beauty in it i think the only time where i sort of made that connection i read this like eight part graphic novel on the life of buddha which i think is the most me thing that i could done <laughs> um but there's this bit where he's like trapped trapped in a cave or something but there's this tiny little plant, plant growing and he's mm. like i can get through this and yeah. it was like part of his process of becoming a god or oh, wow. something yeah no it's like it's very well because it's like seeing something being born yeah yeah Growing.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. So, I'm going to, um, like I said earlier, I've been doing a gardening course at Organically, shout out Organically, and I'm going to play a little clip now where I interviewed some of my classmates and my teacher. Um, If my computer's still alive, which it is, enjoy. I'm here at Organically where I'm studying um, level one food growing. What do you think are the benefits of food growing? I mean
1: there are millions of benefits of food growing but from a personal point of view I just think it's when I'm at my happiest it's a really peaceful place to be outside growing things and there's a great sense of achievement so I think it's really good for just your mental health and balance.
0: John how about you?
3: I think that a really prominent feature of the modern world is this really highly industrialised food system. And it's something that completely detaches people from where their food comes from. And I think learning about how food actually grows, the biological processes and so on, really just brings a bit more of that wonder that there should be in appreciating the fact that food sprouts out of the ground with a bit of sunlight and water and air and then literally keeps you alive. DD,
2: anything to add? I'm really interested
3: in food and meal times and people talking and sharing in those experiences and I think it's something that's quite lost and I don't like food just being packaged up and you not having any connection with it.
0: So food growing is a relatively new interest for me, something that I came across um, last summer whilst just volunteering at a local community garden. And I think that that aspect of food growing is really important, connecting people to their environment and what they eat as well. I think we've become really disconnected from that. Um, And a lot of children have never seen the things that they eat actually growing in the ground. Um, And, I mean, it should be something that's taught in schools, you know, just to have a feel of the soil, um, plant seeds and... You know, it's, it's so interesting, it's fascinating. It really brings people together, the act of growing things and, and then eating things as well. So I'm here with Tim, who's my teacher on the Level 1 food growing course at Organically. Hi, Tim. Hello. Um, can you tell us what you think the benefits are of learning how to grow your own food?
3: I think the benefits of learning to grow your own food are multiple and profound. Um, Not only does it connect you to the ground and other species around you, connects you to the seasons, uh, gives you a sense of security and seasonality. These are all things that are quite hard to be in touch with when you're, particularly if you live in a city, it's actually really nice to plug back into the natural systems that surround us that are actually what still support us even as city dwellers we depend on these systems that um, are beyond the city bounds.
0: And I guess organically is based on organic um, growing obviously. Um, Can you tell us a bit more about how growing organically is good for the environment and good for us?
3: Yeah organic growing and uh by extension, from that uh, sort of permaculture principles, benefits society and um, benefits in the environment socially as well. Uh, the principles are earth care, people care, and fair share. So here at organically, we put people before profit. We work together convivially. The site is not intensively managed. Uh, we're not putting extra pressure on the ground. We're not stripping this environment of biodiversity and nutrients. We're making sure we preserve and increase biodiversity. If you want to be able to keep growing food and keep eating food, you need to make sure that you restore the f- fertility of where you grow it. Otherwise, you end up with a desert, which is what's happening in a, a large tracts of agricultural land at the moment that are not organic. And then, um, The fair share principle in uh, Organic Lee and the permaculture movement is, among other things, is this idea of having sovereignty over your own food. So the right to access to land, seed and water for a local community to own the means of food production.
0: Great. Thank you so much, Tim. That was fab. And I'm really enjoying the course. And everyone should come to Organic Lee. (laughs) Bye. Great plug at the end there. Thanks, yeah. <laughs> I thought I'd, I'd put that on the recording, so yeah. no one can blame me. It's set in stone. So, yeah, that was that was a little clip. And, um, yeah, it's interesting what my teacher was talking about, Tim, thanks, Tim, was talking about at the end um, about food sovereignty as well. And it's a bit of a big topic to go into on this episode. But I think one thing about growing your own food is also that Places like community gardens and allotments, they're kind of a space that these multinational corporations that now own the majority of our food system kind of can't touch. And I think that's something that's really, really powerful about that. I don't know if anyone else has any thoughts on that.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. I I heard this thing that there's like some ancient um, English law that says that everyone in England and Wales is entitled to... A, mile, a square mile, like some ridiculous amount of land to grow their own food, and that was the reason the allotment movement started, is people found this archaic law, and they were like, wow. you have to give us space to grow our own food, which um, is absolutely a right that every human yeah. should have, and it's a shame that not everyone can get an allotment, and the waiting lists are 10 years Yeah, long, but... Yeah. It's ridiculous. But I, that's
0: where urban gardening is, is cool as yeah. well. Because you can grow more than you might think in pots and stuff.
2: Definitely.
0: Even fruit trees, as you've, <laughs> as you've told us. Yes. Um, I was wondering, what is the weirdest thing that any of you have tried to grow?
1: I was recently given a terrarium. It's not really trying to grow anything because it was given to me as a fully fledged whatever it is last week. Uh, it's really cool. And it kind of says that I don't have to do anything to it and it'll be fine. Okay. I
0: had a terrarium and it died. Great. Um, yeah, I, I've
2: heard that terrariums are actually really bad for succulents and that they shouldn't be living in them. Okay. Yeah. 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 But they look they look cool. Yeah. Well, it does alive. look really cool. It looks like yeah. a tiny world. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I'm they sure it will great. stay alive. Is it a closed one or an open one? Like, is the lid, is the cork on?
2: It's not, it's off? like, it's like a bell lid. That's but going. can any lead get into it?
0: Lead. <laughs> it's protected that's from the, lead. That's the big question.
1: <laughs> I, I think it's lead free. Great. Yeah. That's good.
2: Terrariums are cute though. Mm. I really enjoy them. Did you have any weird plants? So last summer I tried to grow these um, aubergines and I met this guy who was like super into heritage lettuces and I was telling him like my weird experience with this aubergine and that they weren't kind of growing in the way that I'd expect them to. Because I don't think you're growing aubergines. Um, turns out they were gooseberries, which is a very different kind of plant. <laughs> I have no idea how I got those seeds mixed up, but um, it was it was a nice deserty surprise. I guess that's
1: why people put labels in the soil so they remember yeah, what they've I part. don't even remember
2: getting gooseberry seeds up <laughs> anyone. I don't know where the gooseberry seeds came from. But someone's yeah, someone's trying to trick you. Labels and labels and seeds <laughs> is probably a very good idea. Yeah, definitely.
1: Something that made me think a lot about growing stuff was when I lived in Papua New Guinea, the owner of the radio station where we lived, um, said in Bougainville, which is this island we were on, you can just drop anything in the soil and something will just come out. Like they're just like I realized how unfertile well, of course from what I've seen. The land in England as compared to Bougainville where you've just got like mango trees just in the street mm. you can just walk by and take a free mango it's it's yeah. just so alien to me yeah and like yeah all sorts it's it's just incredible and there are lots of subsistence uh farmers in Bougainville and it's a very I mean I've never been a subsistence farmer um but it's obviously <laughs> a very different approach to food mm.
0: um yeah. yeah absolutely but also one that is really really threatened like so many subsistence farmers are being forced off their land and the soil as well like is so under threat at the moment but like i say that's a whole other episode <laughs> there's just one other thing that i was interested in about gardening um do you think that gardening as a, as a hobby or a profession is gendered at all
1: um so i so i I don't know I think parts of it require a lot of uh, heavy lifting which is typically seen as male but then like a lot of the like like nice flowery parts are seen as very Mm. feminine so like if you go in a flower shop I guess the stereotype would be that women are catering Mm. to you but if you like call a tree surgeon the stereotype would be that it would be a man Mm. Um, so I think I don't know there are lots of different aspects and stereotypes but as with all stereotypes they're, they suck. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty stupid.
2: Yeah, but I guess the idea of Mother Earth is a very that's feminine... True. yeah. That everything that you grow in the ground is has a feminine energy to it. Mm. Um,
0: yeah. That reminds me as well that, for me, one of the things that's been really good about getting into gardening is that it's given me more confidence that I can actually do practical things. And I think that one of the reasons why I came to believe that I couldn't do anything practical was because... I'm I'm a woman and I went to an all-girls school and I never really like had a chance to do anything like that and it's only been recently where I've been since I've been doing gardening that I've been like oh maybe like I can do woodwork maybe I can do other things maybe I do actually have like the skills to do this kind of thing
2: mm. of course you do yeah I do yeah I think I was, <laughs> I was very lucky that my dad was into gardening because as a five-year-old girl he had me out in community gardens planting trees. That's and I, amazing. That's yeah. Amazing. I think I kind of realized at a young age that girls can mm. lift trees and yeah. put them into the ground and that boys can be into beautiful flowers just because they're beautiful. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. What is the last track that we're going to play on the show or show?
0: um, The last track is... Wait, what is the last track? (laughs) It's called... So it's this whole
1: album. um, We're not going to play it in the podcast version. So if you're listening on podcasts, I apologise because you can't hear this. But um, it's a whole album that Anna mentioned before the show by Tyler, the creator. And they're all sort of songs about (coughs) flowers. Do you want to tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, it's kind of
2: of this album about... um, this man discovering his feminine side, and a lot of the songs have kind of gardening or flower metaphors in them, which I I guess plays into the stereotype that gardening is a feminine thing. But um, it's a very beautiful album, and you can listen to it wherever you listen to albums, if, um, <laughs> if you can't hear it on the podcast version. Awesome. And the song that we're going to play from that album is called Dropping Seeds.
0: Nice. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Very Loose Women, live on Resonance 104.4 FM. Our podcast is acast.com slash veryloosewomen and we're on Apple and Google podcast apps and Spotify, I think, now. We are. Um, This episode was produced by Nikki, which is me, and audio engineering was done by Patrick. Thanks, Patrick. Thank you. You can follow us on Twitter at VLW Radio and at VLW Radio on Instagram too. And we're women on Facebook as well. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. (laughs) Happy gardening. (laughs)